Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, in this season of love, somebody asked a few children, young children, uh, what they could, how they could explain what love was. And so Noel, age seven, said, love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt, then he wears it every day. <laughs> and uh, little Tommy, age six, said, love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends, even after they've known each other so well. <laughs> and Terry, aged four, said, love is what makes you smile when you're tired. And Claire, my mummy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anyone else kissing me to sleep. Good night. When someone loves you, says Billy, age four, the way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth. Wisdom from a four-year-old. And Jenny, age eight, said there are two kinds of love, our love, God's love. But God makes both kinds of them. Jessica, you shouldn't really say I love you unless you mean it, but if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. And this is, this is my favorite here. Bobby, age seven, said, Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. You know, at this day and age in the schools, if you put on a, a Christmas uh, show, uh, sometimes you're not allowed to mention Christ in there. So this one school put on a holiday program, and they decided to end it with the little elementary school age children holding up uh, individual letters that cr said Christmas love. And so they're all standing in line, and they have the blank piece of paper, and on the front side, they were supposed to turn it over. And so the first child starts with his C, and the next one goes along until they get to the seventh letter. And little Jenny was so worried that she was going to get it right, she'd been fiddling with her letter. So when she turned it over, instead of an M, it was a W. And, of course, all of, the Kong, all of the audience started to giggle and snicker, and the children were kind of saying, well, she's got it all wrong. And so then they just kept on going. She didn't know any different. She just turned it over and thought she was holding it up the right way as an M. And so they got all the way to the end, and then all of the snickering stopped because when they read what it said, it didn't say Christmas love. It said Christ was love. See, she had got it right, even though she didn't know it. And there wasn't a, a dry eye in the room. Christ was love. Christ is love. A truly profound statement. And that's what we celebrate tonight. If there are times when you doubt it, if there are times when you feel unworthy, if there are times when you have forgotten, if there are times when you feel alone, Look at the manger. Look at the manger. Because there the baby lying there reminds you that God is love. And he loves you. He loves you so much 
that he chose to come in person to rescue you. The problem is that sometimes we forget that we actually need rescuing. And so we make little of this amazing gift. But we do, each and every one of us, need rescuing. In the 12th century, Archbishop of Canterbury, Anselm, answered the question, why did God become man? Why God man? Why did God become man? We answer that question by looking at the solution. What is the problem of which God becoming man is the solution? Normally we find a problem and then we find a solution to it. But if this is God's solution to a problem, what is the problem for which this was the only solution? Because God is omnipotent. God is all-knowing. So if this is the only solution to the problem from an almighty God, what is the problem? Because the solution is God made man. The solution is God leaving his throne of glory, taking off glory, being born being knit together in a virgin's womb, being born in a lowly manger. He could have chosen um, a palace. He could have chosen anywhere to be born. And yet the choice was this young girl, her womb, this little town of Bethlehem, and this manger. And he chose to announce it to ordinary, common, dirty shepherds out in a field. Not an accident. None of that was an accident. That was all designed by God. And he came, that is the solution. So what is the problem that required the solution of Emmanuel, God with us it's that we had been separated from God it is because evil had infected the world the whole of creation and evil and sin had infected all of humanity as well and yet God's heart broke to get back into relationship with those who he had created And this was the only solution. A child in the manger who was God made man to die for us, to reconcile us to him. So we look at the solution and know how dire the problem was. Do we recognize quite how dire the problem was? You know, Saul, who became the great apostle Paul before he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, thought he had it all sorted out. He was a Pharisee among Pharisees. And uh, he followed the law 
He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was, uh, he was circumcised on the eighth day. He did all things right. He thought he was adhering to the law and he was therefore righteous until he encountered a risen Messiah, Lord, who had died. And he saw that that was the solution. If that had happened, then his problem was greater than he could even imagine. And as Paul, he went to all over to spread the gospel of that good news. Of the good news that Jesus Christ was the Messiah who was God-made man to save us. He said he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, the grace of God who brings salvation to all. But the world also has different solutions to the problem of evil and sin. Let's just tolerate everybody. Let's make sure that we just tolerate whatever every, anybody wants to do. But we've seen that evil exists in the hearts of people. We've seen that this year in the Middle East, the terror that has happened in many of those countries. And if we're honest, we recognize that sin is in each of us and evil is vying for good. Paul knows this. He talks about it over and over again. We do need a savior. Sometimes we forget it, but we needed rescue. We absolutely need rescue. The other solution the world proposes is escalating violence. This year we saw the 100th anniversary of what was to be the war to end all wars. It didn't. But you know, in the middle of that, some of you might have seen this, there was a truce. It didn't come from the high up. It didn't come from the hierarchy. But what happened was trenches that were just a few hundred yards apart. The, on the English trenches, they heard movement in the German trenches. They were so close that they could hear each other talking. And all of a sudden, they heard stiller Nacht, silent night. And the German soldiers were all singing silent night, holy night. All is calm. All is bright. And one young British soldier started to climb out of the trenches and his others saying, oh, no, you'll be shot. And he climbed out of the trenches. And the Germans climbed out of their trenches. And the British soldiers started singing Silent Night. And the German soldiers were singing Silent Night. And they went back into the trenches and found things that they could give each other as gifts. They played a game of soccer in that no man's land. All because they started to sing this beautiful Christmas carol. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. See, we're incapable without Christ. 
We're incapable of rescuing ourselves. We cannot make ourselves righteous. It's why the message from the angels proclaimed that it was the birth of a Messiah, a Savior, a Redeemer who had come to show God's love, to say through him we would be reunited with God. In him we would find peace. He who the prophet Isaiah foretold, a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The problem is dire, but the solution was born this night, over 2,000 years ago, bringing light into darkness Peace in him in the midst of conflict and profound, boundless love. So tomorrow morning, when you open your presence, remember the wisdom of the little child. Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Amen.